This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're joined in this portion of our program by a guest who we've spoken with a couple of times previously. Uh, Dr. Carroll is joining us. Dr. Carol Lieberman is a board-certified psychiatrist. Uh, she is uh, an award-winning and best-selling author as well. Uh, she actually trained at NYU Bellevue uh, here in the city and at Anna Freud's London Clinic. She has served on the clinical faculty of UCLA's Neuropsychiatric Institute for years. Uh, she is joining us on our program. Talk with us. Um, well, we talked uh, in... 2020, uh, at one point in the cycle or cycles of the coronavirus, I think it was as round two, basically, of the uh, virus was uh, happening, the epidemic. Um, and of course, the virus continues. Uh, you're joining us actually from your home in the state of California. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you at the start, and we're going to get into talking about uh, the some of the aftermath of the um, protests that took place in uh, D.C. and some of the psychology um, thoughts that you have to share with us as well, and even and talk about some of the coverage uh, to media. Let me ask you, what's it like in terms of um, what's happening with the virus in California? Because we, on the East Coast, um, see these reports that just seem like this is completely out of control there. I mean, is this everybody still in the lockdown mode or just what? Well, you know, the problem is that um, our governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, he changes the rules more often than he changes his underwear. And it's <laughs> hard to keep up with uh, if you asked me to what it was exactly today, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I mean, we are supposed to be in lockdown. Um, what that means, you know, it's open to interpretation, but, um, you know, and certain things are supposed to be closed, but uh, it is, it is what's frightening about it is that um, there are so many people who are in the hospital Mm -hmm. you know, not only cases of, of COVID, but hospitalized people, such that um, they are, the ambulances are not able to um, drop off people sometimes. Either, you know, there have been different stories. Sometimes um, the ambulance comes to a hospital, and if the hospital is totally full, sometimes they bring the patient to a tent, you know, and then they get triaged there. Sometimes they tell the ambulance to go away. <laughs> Sometimes they tell them to, um, to, to have the patient stay in the ambulance um, for like up to an hour or so. 
I mean, it could be more. And, um, and this is pretty much throughout the state. So it makes it very scary, not just for people who get COVID, but like, you don't want to get anything else. You don't want to have a heart attack or you don't want to have an accident. Um, you know, <laughs> how it affects me uh, it personally is that I ride horses almost every day. And um, so, you know, I'm a little more cautious now thinking that uh, if I fall off and break a bone, um, you know, it's, there's more to it than just getting an x-ray, you know, getting and having a bandage put on. So, um, but, but, you know, uh, ironically, or uh, in, in a lot of ways, people don't seem affected. You know, they, there are cars on the roads and um, people are doing their normal thing. Um, I mean, a lot of people like you don't, there, there are perhaps fewer cars on the road, but not dramatically fewer. Um, and people seem to be doing their thing, whatever that seems to be. Uh, it, it's very strange. You know, it's, it's like, um, we know that the situation is one way it's very dramatic as far as hospitals and yet on the other hand people just seem to be doing their own thing it's um, been a very strange situation to watch from afar so i was interested in getting perspective of somebody who's uh, actually living in the state so thank you for sharing that with us um, now in the aftermath of uh, wednesday in Washington, D.C. Let's talk first about this idea of the coverage. And, you know, we live in this 24-7 news cycle that really took off with uh, the first Gulf War uh, in this country when a whole lot of people started watching news 24 hours a day. Um, and at that time, watching CNN which was the 24-hour news channel. And of course, that whole phenomenon exploded in terms of the media and the coverage. But the question I pose to you is the effect, what exactly is the effect of watching those same images from Wednesday over and over and over and over again. I mean, it's at the point where, and maybe as a student of broadcasting, I know this, I know where the edits are. I know which images are following which ones, uh, literally in terms of the sequence of these things uh, now. Um, and it's just, you know, you, you watch it for a while and in my mind, yeah, the best approach is to step away from this. Uh -huh. But what is the, what's the real long-term impact of, of watching something like that continuously? Well, you know, the problem with news today is that um, it is so politicized, depending upon which channel you're watching, mm -hmm. one view or the other. And so they're gonna repeat the pictures <laughs> that um, promote their agenda, you know? Um, and so it's very dangerous. It's really, uh, it's a very dangerous time as far as, first of all, people don't trust the news anymore. And um, they know that they're being uh, 
told what this particular station or company wants you to believe. And, and they're getting different pieces of information, contrasting pieces of information. Um, and so it's really, um, you know, and of, and of course, uh, the impact of seeing people storm, I mean, it was very dramatic footage, pretty much no matter which uh, channel you watch, you know, it, it, it certainly was dramatic. It may have been more dramatic and at some on some channels than others, but just the idea that uh, the Capitol building, which we kind of would have thought was um, was safe, was never this would never happen. Nobody ever thought that this would happen. Um, you know that's that's very powerful, and it either makes people think uh, how horrible this is and want to blame somebody, or and other people it makes them want to do, um, want to storm things, you know, want to um, revolt. And, you know, this, you mentioned coronavirus, this, I've, this has been happening really. What happened at the Capitol is not, if you look at the whole thing that's been happening since coronavirus, is not unexpected. Um, because when we, uh, when coronavirus first came and we, first started having lockdowns and all that, and, be, be, and we were told to wear a mask and uh, distancing and everything, we have been losing our humanity, little by little by little, whether it's um, because even with friends, people that you know, and you, but you don't see their whole face, um, and it's hard to sort of recognize people, it's hard to really know what they're thinking, you don't see people smiling, you don't get hugs, our humanity has been stripped away. And um, also the fear of our own mortality has been big. And um, there's been an interesting thing with deaths. As the deaths have been increasing, we've almost been overloaded. You know, it's, it, at the beginning, um, we were able to be a little more compassionate than we are now because there are too many people dying. We don't, it's hard to, uh, it, it takes a big emotional toll to feel sorry for all of, I mean, the number is just too, too huge to really um, get our head around. And so that's another way that we're losing our humanity. It's like, it hurts to be human. It hurts to care that much. Um, you know, when you know somebody who lost someone or who has someone um, who is sick from COVID, you know, of course that makes it a little more, a little more personal and different and you can, you know, reach out to them. But um, so all of these things have been for months now, or almost a year now, really, um, taking away our humanity. And what has been happening in this year before, I'm talking about before the capital issue, um, what's been happening is that people have been taking over cities, radical groups have been taking over cities, um, Seattle, Portland, um, all different cities, there have been riots, uh, there, there's been looting, there's been, you know, there's been an increase in the, the envelope keeps being pushed more and more. The rioting, the violence and all of that has been, uh, has gotten worse and worse. I mean, people are, you know, as you know, I'm sure, um, people are just being attacked in the street for, for doing nothing, um, you know, just, just being there. And this has just been increasing, you know, the, 
the uh, magnitude of the violence and the feeling that somehow you can do this. Like, like um, we've gone past civilization. We've gone past, uh, you know, these things were looked at before as you would never do this. You would never smash windows and loot and all that. And, and, and um, kill people or beat up people who are just standing around there. You know, there was that horrible video that I can't get out of my mind of a woman whose store was being looted and she was just standing there. She didn't have a, a weapon of any kind. She wasn't trying to fight anybody. And she got, you know, really one person came to her, came at her and pushed her to the ground. And then all of the other ones jumped on top. And, um, and beat her up and you know um i mean these things we've been seeing talk about seeing these things in the news we've been seeing these horrifying things for months and months and months so how far do you it's not really that far from smashing in windows and looting and beating people up to going into the capital well this idea and we're talking by the way with uh, dr carol lieberman on our program uh, she's a board certified psychiatrist um, also she's an award-winning best-selling author um, she has served on the clinical faculty at ucla's neuropsychiatric institute for years um, she's been a guest previously on our program uh, too and um, always had interesting uh, discussions um, you know talking about this idea of um, you know, kind of this step away from um, humanity, okay, or a lessened sense of humanity coming out of some of the restrictions around the coronavirus. Was that in a way to be expected with the level of restrictions that took place and also uh, perhaps from the standpoint of in a way how quickly all of that took place across the country are you saying um do you mean how the mandates the strict mandates have been affecting us yes 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 that is you know i was just thinking about it today how um, one could use the term, you know, there's a, a psychological term, identification with the aggressor. And what usually what one uses that for is um, like when children are being abused and um, then they grow up and they become an abuser. It's because they have identified with the person who was abusing them. And they want to have the power, you know, they, did, they felt powerless and helpless when they were kids. And now they want to have the power and, and be like the aggressor. And I was just thinking today about how, you know, that can apply to what's been happening with coronavirus and the mandates and the riots as well. That in a sense, the um, some mayors and governors who have put incredibly strict uh, mandates down and who have been found uh, shown to be hypocrites um, that people are you know not I'm not saying that they have gotten violent or looting or whatever you know not literally identifying with the aggressor or or literal aggression but they are uh, they are ag being aggressive with these mandates especially when they don't follow them themselves and so people are you know I like <laughs> 
uh, like with the Karens, for example, like, you know, people wonder why these women are, have become so aggressive, but it's not just the Karens. It's in general, people are becoming more aggressive. I call it Corona rage. Um, it's where people, uh, just like road rage, people who were, were all on edge and like road rage, when just, you know, someone cuts in front of you or whatever, you're so on edge that just a minor thing like that gets someone to explode. And now, you know, it's happening with these in stores, it's happening all over the place that people just, you know, one, one more thing too much and people just explode. Um, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. How does a parent explain the concept of the corona rage, basically, to a child? Yes, parents have had their hands full this year explaining all these crazy things to, to children. Um, well, you know, one way is to explain to them, uh, well, first of all, you know, explaining explaining how that's not something um, that they should copy, but also to explain it like in terms of a temper tantrum, that these are people, even though they're grownups, you know, kids have temper tantrums, uh, maybe that child has had temper tantrums. You know, Johnny, just like when you have a temper tantrum and, you know, we have to have a time out or whatever, uh, these people are having temper tantrums and they, because of all the things the stress of all the things that have been coming this year with coronavirus, the fear of getting coronavirus, the fear of dying, um, the, um, these lockdowns, these restrictions, isolation, you know, isolation in itself has a psychological impact. Um, not to excuse any of these people, you know, showing corona rage, but just to get uh, children to understand it and to ask them, what do you think they could have done differently to um, feel better themselves and not to hurt other people? If you find yourself in a situation with someone who's expressing corona rage, How best does one keep oneself calm if you're being the target of corona rage? Yes. The, even though people, some people feel like um, they want to yell back or they want to physically, you know, strike back, um, that is the worst thing to do. Because when someone is expressing corona rage, um, they, you, first of all, you don't know how far they're going to go, you know, um, you could get hurt and, uh, they're unpredictable, they're emotional and they're unpredictable. And so the best thing to do is just to get out of their way, to get out of the situation. There's really no, you know, because these are people who would like to continue, um, this, uh, this interaction with you. Uh, and the more you can just take yourself out of it, they won't have anybody to yell at or any, anyone to strike if you remove yourself. And that's what we have to do these days. You know, I coined another word, Corona crazy. <laughs> and um, that 
can uh, refer to a lot of things. It can refer, it often refers to uh, what we've seen as far as people making decisions. Not, they're not necessarily rageful, but they're making these rash decisions um, because they feel helpless or they don't know what to do. And, and uh, you know, I'll give you one. The decision to, and a lot of times these are people in power, you know, um, one of them is uh, the letting out of prisoners, <laughs> letting prisoners out of the jails and prisons um, because of COVID and not thinking about, first of all, how they're gonna be spreading it on the streets. And second of all, how dangerous that is making the world for everybody else. So that was a very rash decision, you know, made um, just without thinking the whole thing through. Let me give you a, a true story from something that happened to me on Friday afternoon. And I, I hadn't thought about this. Interestingly enough, I'd blocked this out of my mind for over a day now. I was driving um, just across the border from part of New Jersey where I live in Pennsylvania. And I'm going along on one of the highways there. And as I'm driving along, people are going by, you know, unfortunately also in the age in which we live um, here, and I know it's the same in other parts of the country, uh, most people are just flying in terms of speeds anymore, okay? Uh, it's it's kind of like... The speed limit has become a thing of the past uh, in many, in many areas. Uh, and um, I'm going along. And as I was driving, I was in the right-hand lane. It was a two-lane highway. I'm going along. And at one point, I swerved slightly to the left. I didn't go into the next lane swerved slightly, but there was a car that was coming up in the left-hand lane. And I saw it at the last minute in my uh, rearview mirror, driver's side mirror. And um, I had turn signal on because I was intending to move over into the left lane uh, to pass a car, but not at that particular point. Person was coming up in the left-hand lane, starts blowing the horn wildly. Okay. And you, you, you know that feeling. Okay. And the horn's blowing wildly. And I'm thinking to myself, what's the blowing the horn about? I didn't go into the lane, but I thought, all right, whatever, let it go. Next thing I know, the car pulls up next to me. Oh, wow. The guy is in there. He's blowing the horn and he's gesturing. He's got that finger up and et cetera, et cetera. He's screaming toward me. And the first thought that ran through my mind was, this is a potentially very dangerous situation. Yes. The best thing that I can do is to be calm. And then I thought the second best thing I can do is to lose him. <laughs> yeah. 
because there are two ways of doing that. One is if the road is clear in front of me to floor it and literally leave him behind. But I chose to do the other thing, which was simply to slow down. Because huh. we were going at highway speed and he was in front of me. He's going along, he's up, and he realizes that I've started to slow down. All of a sudden, this hothead slams on his brakes. Now he's in the left-hand lane on a highway. Slams on his brakes. So I come up on the right. He's still gesturing, screaming, going on, starting to put his window down. As I, I pass him on the right. The best part about this Dr. Carroll is I was coming right up on the exit where I was getting off. <laughs> Fortunately. Got off. Even as I'm on the exit going on to another roadway, I can still hear him back there blowing the horn. And I'm thinking to myself, here's a perfect example of how out of control some people can get. And once again, we're talking about over nothing, absolutely nothing. But this is how on edge some people can be. Yes. It's like, how dare you? How dare you, you know, do something that uh, it really was out of fear. Like at the beginning, anyway, he was scared that he was going to hit you or you were going to hit him. But um, but then, you know, it's like, how dare you uh, inconvenience me or get into my life or, you know, I mean, we're, we're really, we really are fed up with people um, telling us what to do, uh, controlling our lives. I mean, that's it. We were, we're boiling over. I mean, again, I'm not giving this guy or any people like that an excuse, but I'm just trying to say, you know, that, that society is really, uh, it's not getting better. Well, I guess the $64,000 question then becomes, what exactly do we do about that? I mean, first of all, everybody in society is not going to be in therapy. Okay. Uh, maybe they should be, but they're not going to be. Um, should there just be some common sense things that people keep in mind? I mean, well, should there should there be some things that are that are, are literally are taught in schools as ways for people to just young people to learn some non-aggressive actions in dealing with other people? Well, yes, um, you know, of course, <laughs> that's assuming that uh, kids are going to school. Um, but yes, of course, even on Zoom, one could teach certain things. I mean, you know, of course, it's the parents who are supposed to be teaching these things. But, um, you know, not all parents are doing that. Uh, parents are dealing, uh, trying to, to get through this themselves. But yes, but I said it's um, funny you should ask, because uh, I have developed, actually, this isn't so much about um, aggression per se, although it would certainly help that because it helps your mental health. I developed a, um, an anagram where um, called Heal Myself, where each letter from Heal Myself 
stands for something that people should do every day. And this will, number one, build their immune system so they can be a little less um, frightened about COVID. Um, and number two, it will help their mental health as well. So, okay, so heal myself. H is for healthy, nutritious food. That would be, uh, you know, instead of just having the comfort food um, that we all are tending towards, um, myself included, <laughs> you know, and comfort food. I don't remember if we talked about this the last time, but comfort food um, comes from uh, what the food that we had as children, the food that our parents gave us when we were children. And if we got an A on a test, um, you know, for, for a reward, or if we had something sad happen, you know, disappointing happen, like our team lost in some sport. So whatever that food is, you know, uh, chocolate ice cream, Rocky Road, <laughs> or pasta, or whatever it is, that's what you unconsciously yearn for when you're in situations when you want to be comforted again. And so, so I'm saying, so instead of just, you know, cutting down, one should cut down on these comfort foods and have healthy, nutritious food. Um, e is exercise depending upon where you live, that could either be taking walks out in the sun, which I, would be ideal. Um, or if you're not allowed to do that, then putting on music and dancing in your living room. A is aromatherapy. There are all kinds of wonderful aromatherapy candles like lavender, that's very calming, for example. Or if you can also gather uh, or gather or buy flowers or plants and put those around your house. And those also have a very um, satisfying, happy making uh, aroma. And then L is laughter, at least one hour a day, um, which is really easy to get. You can turn on television, watch a sitcom, you can watch a, a movie, a funny movie. You can watch cartoons with your kids or even, you know, in a pinch, Google jokes and just um, read some jokes. That's super important for your um, immune system, for taking you out of these angry moods. You know, uh, Norman Cousins cured himself from a, a fatal, potentially fatal disease by watching funny movies, one after the other after the other, all the whole time he was awake. Um, so it, and it, and of course, Reader's Digest, you know, laughter is the best medicine. We've known this for years. And some people when, you know, like when I, uh, I just, I'm doing treatment therapy with my patients by Zoom. And um, when I tell them about how important it is for them to spend time uh, doing something that will make them laugh, a lot of times they feel guilty. You know, they feel like, um, if I take time, how can I take time out to laugh when there are all these people dying, you know, <laughs> instead they spend the time staring at the television set, you know, um, and seeing all this really violent, either the violence or else the statistics, that kind of thing, even on radio too. Um, so, okay, so that's heal. Then myself, M is for meditation or calming music. Y is for your choice of vitamins and supplements, you know, particularly supplements that help the immune system. S is sleep. We need to try to get eight hours of sleep, even though I, of course, I know it's hard. People are having trouble falling asleep 
waking up in the middle of the night and all that. But if you go to sleep a little earlier, then you have more of a chance, even if you wake up in the middle of the night, you have more of a chance of getting eight hours by the time the morning comes. Then E is engaged with friends and family to support each other and that, you know, on Zoom or telephone or in person, if, you know, um, if you feel comfortable with that. Uh, L, limit your daily intake of gloom and doom. So that's like the things I was talking about, the statistics and all that. And F is follow your passion. So even though you may be locked down, there are still lots of things that you can do at home that you didn't have time to do before coronavirus when you were rushing around, you know, working and doing all these other things. And now you have more time to do something that you've always wanted to do. You know, on that last point, there are so many people that we hear about who have basically developed um, hobbies. In some cases, they've actually developed businesses as a result of following some of those ideas that, you know, maybe they wanted to try for years, but never could find the time or uh, you know, the resources to do it. And now all of a sudden they're home and before you know it, they're doing something that with crafts or tons of people are baking. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty wild the number of things that people have gotten into. Yes. Um, yeah. And they, they, Basically, they've created a whole new fun aspect of their lives when you get right down to it. Yes. But a very key part of this whole approach, and I'm glad you shared that anagram with us, is the idea of making oneself the priority. And a lot of us, and I say us because I'm one of them, have a real problem doing that. Yes. Yeah. What advice would you give us? Yes. Well, you know, I would say particularly for since it's uh, still kind of the New Year's, we're January is still the New Year's. Um, every, you know, before uh, as the New Year's year was approaching, people were saying, you know, well. I hope 2021 is better and it's going to be better and you know we're going to get rid of 2020 and 2021 is going to be the year. Well, you know, nothing sort of magical or mysterious happens when the clock strikes 12 on its own, you know. Um, you have to be the one to make these changes happen. And um, and yes, you know, this is the perfect time to look into these other things that you always wanted to do and um, and to take time for yourself. I mean, the thing is, if, if somebody, we all sort of need to congratulate ourselves for making it to 2021, for surviving, you know, for being able to be healthy and not succumbing and all of that. Um, and so I think people's priorities are changing or certainly need to change in terms of putting um, taking care of themselves and their loved ones as number one. You know, some of these other things that we used to do, it's kind of, not only are we, some of us not able to do it because we're not allowed to go to those places, you know, we can't go to a ball game or, um, you know, a museum or there are lots of things we can't do. So, so it really is the perfect time to start um, doing things for ourselves, you know, working on ourselves, doing uh, 
uncovering these old dreams um, from childhood, you know, things that, uh, um, I mean, because if we don't, if we don't do like my anagram and the point of the anagram was so that people could remember each of these things, but if we don't do these things, um, first of all, we're at great risk of getting sick. And, um, and it, you know, it's the saddest part would be once COVID is gone um, and we come out of our, out of our holes, um, like little mice, we come out of our holes. And if we haven't done these things, if we haven't made ourselves healthier, if we haven't, um, you know, uh, learned how to calm ourselves, um, do things, made ourselves physically healthier and, and uh, done some special, you know, follow your passion kinds of things. It doesn't have to be like a giant accomplishment, just something that makes us happy, you know? Um, if we haven't done these things and, and we're told we can come out of our mouse holes, <laughs> we're gonna feel really disappointed in ourselves that we didn't use this time to do something that makes made ourselves happier and healthy. Quite true. The voice of Dr. Carol Lieberman, our guest in uh, this portion of our program. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. Certainly always a wonderful discussion in um, chatting with you on our program too. And certainly wish you continued good health as you proceed along in 2021. Thank you. The same to you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.